Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Agents of Game podcast. Uh, we're doing a special review of the beta for The Division. Now, as this isn't a full game yet, it's just the beta, it's not really a review, but uh, we do have a special guest with us today. Joining me today is Fraser. Hello. And Dan. Hola. Is that racist? Th- that is very racist. <laughs> I uh, I will disavow my knowledge of you. <laughs> Okay, so today we're going to be talking about the division. Uh, we've played through the alpha and the beta, and we're looking forward to a lot of things coming out about this. So let's get right to it. How would you describe the division? I would say the division would be... Uh, it's kind of like a mix, actually, of, I think, all their franchises. Um, it's a mix of Splinter Cell. They use their Splinter Cell's cover system... With Ghost Recon's third-person shooting mechanics, with the tactics of Rainbow Six and Ghost Recon, um, and then you throw in the RPG elements of like Far Cry and Assassin's Creed, um, and then yeah, it, as far as gameplay goes, that's how I describe it. It's it's kind of like their it's like their master project. I would, I would say as far as uh, they've been building up to this this whole time but as far as what it is i would say um i describe it as a um pre pre-apocalypse um after a um terrorist attack um on new york city where they poison uh money on black friday with smallpox and within a few days i think they said three or four days New York gets shut down, and then we play, I believe, four weeks after that um, is where we jump into the game. So it's been four weeks where New York's just been going crazy, and then you play as a special agent within the division, which um, is what their explanation is, that they take civilians from the population, train them, CIA trains them or whatever, and teaches them how to survive, how to keep a continuance of government when the government fails so that when they do get back to whatever the disaster area is that there's somewhat of uh, organization so they can pick up the pieces and uh, that's what your job is as an agent is to um, keep order during the disaster and I know for me this has been one of the biggest, or maybe even the biggest games that I've been looking forward to for a long time. You've got Tom Clancy, which you mentioned a lot of the franchises that have sort of led up to this game. Um, It's cooperative. If you want to co-op, you could play it single player as well. Um, It's open world, and there's a story campaign, which, you know, hits a lot of the hot spots for me because I love Rainbow. Um, I love the Rainbow games, but the fact that there was no story mode, there was no campaign in the new Rainbow Six Siege was a really big drawback for me personally. And the fact that this game has it and it looks like it's really strong um, is a big selling point for me. Yes. Yep. And they did really good. Like, I don't know if you could really say um, uh, Division is MMO, really. It's kind of like what... Divi- or what um, Bungie was saying about Destiny, it's not really MMO, it's more shared experience. And I'd I'd say that this is more of like a social co-op game because you're only in New York with your three other friends that is in your squad with you. So all you're phasing within New York is with your squad and that's it. You never see other players walking around or they can't 
come in and snake your objective that you've been working on like they can in other MMOs. So it's like a focused co-op experience, which I really like. But then they have the Dark Zone, which is supposed to be more of the traditional like MMO PvP. They do have um, uh, social hubs within New York. They only had one in the beta that we played. Um, but they do have multiple hubs throughout New York that you'll be able to meet up with groups and uh, form groups there if you're by yourself. So there is still the MMO social aspect there. I've found it uh, quite easily uh, to be able to just to go jump in and out of parties. Uh, anybody you see that's running by themselves, you could easily just invite them to your party. And next thing you know, you went from playing by yourself to you know essentially having a nice group to run around and play with. Because uh, you get in some of those bosses or just the enemies alone and it's um it's kind of rough by yourself so yeah yep they do i i thought they did a good job of scaling because i just to try it out because i knew we were going to be doing this podcast i tried a few different things in the beta but uh one of the things i tried is um i did the hospital mission which is really the second mission that single player or um main mission in the beta and really the only real mission because you have the tutorial or whatever i think before that but um so the first time i did it i did it on normal with a group of friends and then the second time i did it i did it on hard with a group of friends and the difference there was the first time i did it on normal with a group of friends it was blue enemies and then the there's two like big rushes in the mission and it was blue purple and then a few yellows and then in the final boss fight it was um blue purples and then the final rush was all yellows and then on so that was normal and then on hard with a group of friends it was all purple enemies and then um in the first rush room it was like all yellows for the third wave instead of some yellows it was like five or six i mean we got owned the first time we did it because we weren't ready for that and then the boss fight was all purples and then like um yellows would be mixed in and then yellows for the final wave so, I, didn't, I didn't even know they did that. Uh, I don't even remember when I played it. We, When I sat and played it and I, I played on the PC, we essentially just kind of burnt through those real quick. Um, play, playing the beta, I just wanted to you know run through it as fast as I can. Not because not I didn't want to you know burn through it. It's just more so I wanted to get the whole experience of just how the game felt naturally and quick. Uh, just gotcha. to see how that felt. I like just as to... you would play it if yes. you were playing the full game. Gotcha. Yep. So I didn't really want to focus too much on what was going on. I just it, It's beta. It, I didn't want to... You know, I just didn't want to. I just want to take in what the game is itself. I didn't want to worry about missions. I didn't want to worry about. I just want to know how everything worked together. So that's kind of where I was with the game and the beta of it. Um, just wanted to see how it felt, and, and and honestly, that's what I was scared of. Mostly seeing how bullet spongy these enemies are, um, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you get in there, it's not as bad as what the video. If you watch a video of it, it's not as bad as what it seems. Yeah, right. And and we were talking this about this actually too when we were playing. Oh, the what I was gonna say. I actually did the mission on hard or normal and hard by myself to see the difference. And it was blues, and then um, throughout the whole mission on normal, and then except for the boss was yellow. And then on by myself on hard, it was blues and purples like mixed in here and there. And then the final boss was yellow. So, so there is some scaling there. So you can do it solo, but it is difficult. And that I'll go back to the what you just said about the bullet sponges. Um, when you are, especially if you're upgraded equipment, the bullet sponginess kind of goes away as you get better and better gear. Um, but I feel like you kind of need in a co-op shooter like Division, 
you kind of need some sponginess there because if you have um, if you have four friends, and I'm gonna use an example. There's a in the dark zone. There's a mall, and you can go. There's three different entrances. Actually, four different entrances into this mall, and it's like a three-story mall. Or actually, it's not a mall. It's like a department store, um, and you have entrances on each top corner. You have entrances on each bottom corner. And so say you enter that room with the first two guys, they could drop, if everybody dropped like a normal, like tackle shooter, like say rainbow, the first two guys into that room would drop everybody before the other two even climb through the window. And to me, that, that wouldn't be fun as a group because there, there wouldn't have to be any communication. There wouldn't have to be any, like, um, any firefight. It would just be boom, done. And then you get your loot where the way they did it with the sponginess, um, you have to, you get in, you approach the objective, you start pinning people down, your other guys flank, you like call out positions. Like it's, I love the firefights in division. Like we had so many cool moments where we'd, we'd get in, if we got on scene, we'd set up the ambush and we'd have flanks and we'd have like everything set up and then count it down, boom, and drop everybody. And it didn't feel bullet spongy because we had tactics behind it. And so I do, I do think there is a purpose behind that, but I definitely agree with uh, watching videos. Man, the day before the beta started, I was watching a video, and the guy was just sitting there forever shooting the guy, and I never had that experience in there. Well, he probably myself. had a crappy gun, but one thing I really liked about it you know, with that was that it makes me play differently than certainly any other Tom Clancy game, because usually you want to hit headshot, they're down, but... Um, most games have a, a quick weapon swap where, you know, instead of reloading, you just swap weapons, but most games you don't, I've never actually used that in a game. Mm. Maybe, maybe that speaks to me being a bad player or I don't play competitively enough, but I've never really had to worry about that quick weapon swap. I just reload and I'm good. But in this game, a lot of times in some of those firefights, when you're fighting against five, six guys and... You know, your health can be dropping pretty quickly. I used that a lot. And it was kind mm-hmm. of fun to just do that, do something different than I normally use. Just swip, switch from my primary weapon to my secondary weapon, then to my pistol. Yep. And uh, by the time I'm finished, usually all the enemies are dead. Yes. I love, I love the pistols in Division. I'd actually, I'd find myself using the pistols as my primary attacking weapon, and then using my rifles as secondary attacking weapons. But uh, I agree. Like um, having that kind of like flow through the battle is all part of that that experience in there. Yeah, I would say that um, my one complaint, if I had a complaint about how much ammo it takes to kill enemies, it would be that at least in the beginning, um, I don't know how how good the backpack upgrades get, but you can actually run through ammo really quickly. Now the pistols have infinite ammo. So in mm. some ways, yeah, it is good to always just use your pistol unless you really need to pull something else out because the pistol has unlimited ammo. But I would like to have a little bit more ammo capacity uh, because a lot of times you can run through it. But at the same time, in the big boss fights, they do have uh, reloading crates right there. Yeah. So in the big fights, you could just you know use your main weapons, reload, use your main weapons, grab more ammo, grab more ammo, and go through it that way. Yeah, we'd create choke points um, at the ammo hallways or um, uh, positions so that um, while we were in the firefight, the ammo crate was like right there if we needed it. Yeah, um, and going back and piggyback on your on yours, Dan, the uh, whole 
um, setting up the flanks and then you're able to, you know, basically set up your, how however it you want the firefight to start out, you have it kind of set up. Uh, the one thing that I found, at least playing with two players and something I didn't really care for, uh, it kind of really turned me off on it was the fact that when you do set up, you're like, all right, cool. Hey, are you ready? Yes. All right, go ahead and engage. Next thing you know, as they're charging, it's not a charging enemy and they're just charging you to charge anyways. So it almost, it takes away that aspect of being able to flank because if they're just sitting there charging you, well, it's not as fun because they're able to take all these bullets anyway. So it kind of defeats, to me, it defeats the purpose of trying to set up flanks. Now, granted, that didn't happen all the time to us, but I did notice it quite often more than anything. I think there are some, uh, quite a few other players uh, and video streamers and, and, and you know people have seen that uh, as a whole seeing that they're just like, why are you charging me? Why does sometimes the AI just get so stupid and they just charge um, out when they're sitting in cover or you're, I get it, even if you didn't even get a flank of them, they're just kind of charging at you anyways. They just kind of stand up and just take it and they just keep, you know, pressing forward. So it kind of yeah. defeats your your flank because you're just kind of sitting there trying to get rid of him or stop him, but they just keep charging anyways. Um, so yeah. I found that was, at least with two people, maybe not, might not be as bad if you had a group of three or four to have that extra, you know, the extra gun on them, but that's something that we noticed uh, playing with just a duo. Uh, that's what we ran into quite often. So I don't know if you guys experienced the same thing if you had three or four, three or four people, but as two, we, we ran into that quite often. Yeah. The part I'm actually thinking of right now was in the, um, the hospital mission in uh, Madison square garden. Um, there's that part when you get to the doctors and you have three waves come in at you. Um, and, they have rushers in almost every wave that just, that's all they do is the melee guys just come right at you. Yeah. So what we, what we, since we knew that was happening, we'd have two guys up front kind of be the aggro guys and then two guys behind them, um, setting up like overwatch kind of thing. Which um, I, I respect the, the whole, like all, you know, the baseball bat guys that charge, I get that's what they're there for. They're, you know, to kind of stir up your, your position. I, I understand yeah. that, but what we was running into, not necessarily those guys, it was just the actual people. Oh, you're talking guns. about just normal gun guys. Just normal oh, AI okay. just sitting there and they just kind of stumble out and they just keep stumbling towards you. And it's just like, why are you even coming towards me? And you're just sitting here taking up all my bullets. Um, gotcha. not, not that it was a bad thing. It's just more of kind of like inconvenience of like, why, why is the AI just kind of sitting there being dumpy? Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, it, yeah, I did kind of notice that a little bit. It seemed like it was like the heavier guys who had the armor to sort of be able to take it a little yeah. bit better. Yeah. And so, I mean... It's like they're drunk, you know? They're just kind of wa- walking around aimlessly, <laughs> and they're just <laughs> gradually getting closer to you, and you're just like, get away from me. I'm just yeah. you know, I'm shooting you, and you're still coming at me. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. And maybe I, that's that what it bothered is. me too much, but it did kind of scare me. It was like, oh, crap, he's getting closer. He's, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm pumping him full of lead, and he's still getting closer. <laughs> yeah, because um, if you think about the way, like if you think from a developer's point of view, you don't want people to get comfortable in a tactic. So um, you're always trying to find ways to push it, and sometimes the, that way is unrealistic. Um, so like you know, like if if everybody's on cover and shooting at enemies, and that was the best way to approach the situation, then then it would just get boring. So I can see I can see both sides of why they do it, but uh, but yeah, sometimes it it is ridiculous how much bullets they can take. Yeah, especially if you have like three people firing on them, it's like, dude, seriously, go down. <laughs> Oh, and going back to what you were saying, Dan, about that Madison Square Garden mission, I think that that specific part that you're talking about was one of my big biggest complaints about the um, 
the the mission triggers in the game design because I, I tried that mission single player to see what it was like going through on single player. And the trigger point was at a place where you have to get fairly close to where they spawn out of and the door they come out of. Um. And so if you're playing through it by single player, you're going to get killed by those guys with bats. Yeah. Because well, you, your your first reaction is, oh, I, I'm, I'm seeing guys. Your first reaction is, I should go undercover and start shooting. But if you do that, there's enough guys coming out that you're going to get killed. You have to run back. Yeah, and it's kind of cool they throw that at you, but at the same time they 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 force you so far up that you're gonna die the first time. Pretty much, I would say unless someone knows to expect it or they're yeah. massively skilled at headshots, much much better than I am, they're gonna get killed on that part the first time they play. That's just how it is. Yeah, and I I do get really annoyed when developers do stuff like that, like make a, a first time failure guaranteed. You know, like. And it's just me because I hate dying or failing stuff in games. It, it just bugs me. So when it is forced on me, I'm just like, come on. There's got to be a way that I could have figured that out. But, but yeah. at least there isn't too big of a penalty for failure. You know, you yeah. just respawn. There, there are checkpoints throughout the mission. So, I mean, it yeah. it's more, you know, the shame of failure than, you know, lo- having to restart the whole mission at least. Yeah. The biggest failure, I think, was if you die in the dark zone when it takes away your dark zone credits or money or whatever it is that they were calling And level. It. You get everything taken. Yeah, yeah. which is and, cool. Oh. I, I enjoy that. It makes it, it, makes it much more difficult. Um, and I'm, I know we're going to get into the dark zone here in a little bit, so I'll kind of hold off on some of the stuff that I was going to say about dark zone. But uh, at least there's some kind of a penalty. I kind of like it if a game kind of at least penalizes you for, for uh, failing. Uh, you know, yep. it's kind of like a slap in the face, like, hey, knock it off type st- style. So I at least like something. I don't like it to where they're just, they baby you. Uh, at least give yeah. us something to that's going to punish you for, for dying and you figure out how to fix it. Yeah. Well, and, and the penalty is bigger if you're rogue when you die. Yeah. Uh, you, you oh, yeah. Mo- everything oh, yeah. you lose, you lose more of. Yeah. Um, I was going to say the part on that, since we were talking about parts that we didn't like on that mission, the part that I didn't like was the same spot where you get ambushed, but the AI of the doctors just drove me insane because they would freak out, run back where they should be, but then they'd freak out mid-firefight and run into the enemies and then just be like, have three enemies just staring right at them, shooting them. I just oh, get so frustrated. Something, uh, and like I said, I, I burnt through it and I didn't even pay attention to half the stuff that was going on. I don't even know what it was called because I, I just didn't care to, I didn't want to ruin my experience. I think, honestly, when we played, you go back into the beta of uh, Rainbow Six Vegas, or I'm sorry, Rainbow Six Siege, and, and honestly, I, I absolutely, I can't play that game due to how much I think we played on beta. It just ruined it for me. So, and <laughs> really? I have no, dis- I have no desire to play. because we put so many it. hours into yeah, it? Yeah, so many hours yeah. into beta. So all I was trying to yeah, do, we did. like I said, just going back to what I was saying earlier, all I was trying to do was just burn through things, just kind of just kind of get, get the, the feel for get the Get the game. experience, yeah. And I remember seeing a video... What caught my eye, one of the, I think one of the coolest things I think was E3 back in what, 2013 when they first showed this. Um, the whole, I don't even know what it's called, but the whole orange, they show the whole orange people and then how like it shows the whole animation of what happened before. Oh, the echoes? Yeah, the echoes. Yes. I found when I did do that in there, I found that very boring and dull. And I, so, so, I was so shocked and I was like, what the hell? I was like, they just, what they showed was so awesome and I was so excited to see that. And then I get in here to do it and I felt like it was terrible. So maybe that was just me. Maybe I just found a bad one. I don't know. But I just thought it was, I was like, what is this? Yeah, it almost feels like they didn't decide to focus on what it was going to be. And instead, it's treated more like a, um, like finding a, like like an recording in any other game. Yes, yeah. And I felt like it's almost like it's downplayed now. It's not as cool and it's not as, 
um, it just the, the way it looked from uh, what I can remember from the E3 video was it's phenomenal. I was like, this is awesome. Like, this is so cool. And then I get to do it, and I'm just like, this is terrible. So, yeah, because it was supposed to. It was supposed to like fill in story for the city, like as you were going around, so you can be like, "Oh, this is what happened here before I got here." You know, you know, in the weeks prior to me showing up, and so it's supposed to like help you, you know, like uh, fill in the gaps or whatever. But the way that they did it in the beta, at least, which I'm guessing is going to be in the final game, it's just yeah, just a recording and. You just yeah. hear a part of something, and you don't really get any type of attachment to anything happening there. Yeah, it's, that was depressing. Now, when you play, when you played it, Fraser, were you playing by yourself or with a group when you found that that echo? I was with my, was, I was with, with me and uh, my buddy. Because this is this is a big issue for me. I am a co-op player. I I can play games single player if I have to, and I do. But I would much much rather be playing with people. But when you're playing with people, anything like that echo is terrible. Because you're talking with your friends, you're playing the game, you don't want to have... Okay, everybody shut up. Stop, but, I'm trying to listen. It, okay. But and, isn't it, though, that it goes on both? So when you because you share the mission, so when one miss, one starts, it doesn't the other person see it? I'm not sure if that was the case. Yeah, well, everybody yes, shares yes, it. But, yeah. Yes, but any game I've played that has anything like that, whether that's... You know, if you played Borderlands... Especially the first Borderlands, had some. They were called Echoes too. They were hilarious, especially like Tannis's Echoes. You just they never pay attention. Yeah. But when you're playing with three other people and you're having a good time, people aren't gonna shut up for those most of the time unless yeah. you actively tell them to shut up. And so you just rush through it now. And so the first time when I played with with Dan, I really didn't catch much out of the Echoes. The second time when I was playing through by myself. They were a little bit better. I, I actually listened to, and and it was cool that you could interact with stuff. I didn't know the first time I went through this, but when you when you go to an echo by your by yourself at least, you could interact with different people and listen to different parts of it, and or you could just ignore them if you want to. Um, and so I thought it was kind of cool, but I'm a co-op player, and if I have a choice, I'm always going to be playing with other people, and so I'm going to rush past that every single time I get to it. So no matter how good they make it, if they if they make it better, no matter how good they make it, I'm not going to experience it because I always want to play with other people, and I'm not mm-hmm. going to stop what I'm doing for that. Yeah. Um, See, I was thinking I, it was part of like your main story or your main missions as you the, as you progress through it. You're kind of discovering these to see, hey, this is what else was going on here, or this is what happened yeah. here. So I thought it was more like this, uh, like it was like kind of like a little side movie of these little. These like a story that progresses yes. through the echo, yeah. And it that's exactly what, and that's yep. what I thought. I thought you were you don't come across these. This was to do with whatever it is that you're after, and it showed you everything. I was like, oh, this is really cool. At least that's the way they portrayed it in the the E3 showcase that they did. And, and I don't think it's I don't think it is that. I, I feel like it is just a, just a simply a side quest. Hey, go discover a radio tape. Go discover an artifact, yeah. or you know, awesome, bravo, you it, found it. It could become that because we could be seeing parts of the Echo, and then in other areas that story continues or whatever. Um, because they didn't do that. Like I actually went around with the Echoes in the beta because I had seen them all in the Alpha too, and I was like, I wonder if there is a story told between each Echo. So I went through each one, and they're all separate, except the one mission, the one side mission you get for rescuing the that uh, the chick. sister. Yeah, the sister. Um, that those Echoes tell a story. Um, from echo to echo, even though it's just a little glimpse. But so I do wonder if it's just because we're in that one area of New York that the echoes will tell more of a story and we'll be more familiar with those names and characters by the time we see the other echoes or whatever. But 
they just kind of plopped him in there just to show us what Echo was. I, I don't know. So I am curious if in the full game, if they will connect stories. Because there was like, there is one instance where the, um, the one Echo that I did like was um, this family was trapped in the car and the, uh, the cleaners uh, flame, used a flamethrower on them while they were in the car. And uh, I just liked the imagery and what was left behind, like the charred car was there and stuff. And uh, but I didn't I didn't care about anybody in the car because it said their names and everything, but I didn't care about them. So I'm just curious if if that's just because I was seeing the end of the you know of their story or whatnot. But. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I so often it's so easy to become optimistic when we see something in a beta and go, well, it's a beta. <laughs> you know, maybe this will be improved. But so much, so much, the or so often the case. Lately, especially, has been Not. that what we see in the beta is what, what we see in the game. Yeah, and Destiny is a perfect example of that because Destiny was very bare bones in the beta, and everybody's like, "Well, it's the beta. We're just getting a glimpse of you know the systems in place." Well, play through the game, and yeah, everything was bare bones. Yep. And so, um, which I was really, really happy with Division, and I'm bouncing here, but um, the depth of Division just really impressed me. Because I was not expecting the depth that's there. I was I was honestly expecting guns and gun customization, and that was it. And um, oh, and gadgets, obviously, because they did show gadgets in the reveal trailer. And I, I mean, they did hold off a lot of stuff. They held off all, basically your whole skill tree. You didn't get to oh, do yeah. anything. I mean, it's yeah, sort of had, a lot to go on there. You know, I know the had, one thing. I'll oh, go ahead. Oh, good. I was just gonna say you have um, for those who haven't played the beta or haven't been researching. In the division, it, you do have gun customization and you have your traits for guns and gun attachments and your armor pieces and your backpack. And then your clothes are all optional. They don't have any attributes on them. But then you have your skills and then you have talents within the skills which unlock according to your... If I Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's according to your three primary attributes, right? Firearms, stamina, and um, electronics. I believe so, yeah. Okay, and then, so, um, man, I'm trying to remember what else unlocks the, can't remember. Anyway, so your skills have talents. They have three other um, passive, or not passive, but you have three other tweaks to uh, the same skill as your body. So, like, if Dave was a healer and his heal had a greater range, I could be a healer but have a longer heal time. Um, so it regens your health long for a longer period of time, whatever. That's an example. I can't remember exactly what they had. But um, so I like that. That's like three three different options that you have per skill to learn. Plus you have the ultimate option of that when you master your skill, which is supposed to be pretty amazing. Like the one revives you and heals you, uh, your teammates if you use it, is for the healer. That's their ultimate. So that's pretty amazing. Then you have your passive skill tree, which is um, built up by doing your base building missions, which is another depth there that I just didn't even hear about or expect until I saw it in the beta. And then you have your... Ah, um, oh crap, I can't remember the third one now. But there's a third... Do you remember it, Dave? Or Fraser? Um, offhand, no, I don't. I can't remember, but there's another one that is past... Or uh, not passive, but another one that's another skill tree there that uh, is built up too. Uh, oh, I think there's one based on your base building, and then there's one based on your missions. That unlocks different passives. I can't remember. But anyway, so that's three three things that have trees of abilities and talents. And, and then you have your gear that does tweaks. And that's where I was going to say, 
and you can me, you can swap them out anytime you want, which I thought was yeah. awesome. I, I yes, was like, exactly. That's good, good, good on them for doing that. It doesn't just lock you in and lock you to yep. one specific you know tree, or you can interchange them however you want and when you want. So yeah, I think no that's, penalty. Yeah, I think that's cool. And I never. I, go ahead. Uh, so I, I did want to cover the three things, uh, three of my I think biggest concerns out of the out of the, what I played, and just to touch quick on those, um, the high numbers. Um, I mean, we're only at level. You know, I think I got to level seven as your actual player level, and then the dark zone. I, I think I reached to uh, eleven or twelve. Um, mm. And something I, I hated already, right off the start, was how high numbers there already were. I mean, we were talking. I, I was into the two thousand and three thousands of DPS. I'm like, why? Why are the numbers so high? And that's only at level. Eight. So I don't know if it's that they had said, hey, let's put these high numbers in right now. And that way you kind of see the, maybe these are kind of like your high end type weapons of DPS. But at the same time, like, why are they so high? Why are we not starting off in the 40s, 50s, 20s? And then you're building yourself up. So if it's like time we get to 30. Are we going to be in like the 10,000s, 20,000s of DPS? I think it's just to me, I think it's stupid when you're playing the I number th- game. I think their numbers weren't representative of your actual damage because... When you look at, like, um, I had a SCAR that I just loved towards the end of the beta, the SCAR-H, which was a semi-automatic uh, marksman rifle. And it said I was doing 3,800 damage on the DPS screen. And the, the, the things that affect that number are your gear. Can it enhance that because of the, the firepower or fire, uh, yeah, firepower skill? And then your own leveling can affect the firepower skill or your numbers on that too so your gear your level and then the gun itself has that effect but then when you look to the right if you look when you're highlighted on the gun you look to the right there's a whole other damage number that's way lower um that's sitting there to the right so um i don't know i don't know it 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 is confusing because it says you know whatever dps it's that much damage but i think it's taking into consideration because you can change that DPS number with switching out your magazine. So if you add one more round, you can add almost a hundred damage, something like that. Um, and you can change it with your quick reload magazine. You can change it with like a whole bunch of things. So I think what that's saying is this is the DPS that's possible right here. Boom. The 2000, whatever, but the actual DPS your weapon is doing is over here on the other yeah, and I've seen that. It showed, that. showed damage and then it showed DPS. But at the same time, yeah. and the same token, though, it's just like, to me, those are really high numbers um, at, at, at such a low level. I, I don't know. I, I don't... I find when you start getting into crazy high numbers, it, it's kind of like... It almost becomes meaningless? Yeah, it's just like, alright, whatever. I feel like there was just, there was no gap. Like, hey, I switched to this weapon. Oh, okay, so I got 3,000 DPS, but yet my damage, I, I feel like it was just conflicting. You had your DPS and you had the damage of the weapon. So mm-hmm. I was I was struggling between like okay do I want this my M4 I think is what it was whatever it was but I was like well this seemed like it did more damage but the DPS was stronger but yet the scar had higher damage so mm-hmm. I put the scar away because I felt when I was shooting people it just didn't like I was shooting peanuts compared to when I was shooting with M4 even though the scar had higher damage but the the damage yeah. or the DPS for the the M4 was just so much better so I stuck with it right so yeah I think yeah. it looks well, there's 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 the base damage for the weapon, then there's the modifiers that your own stuff has. But I think you will have to, at least based on what I saw, you just kind of have to play with it. For example, the scar and the M4 were the two main weapons I used, and uh, 
since you mentioned him. And my scar said it had a lot of higher damage, but it was a headshot. It was a for me my the specific scar I had was not automatic. It was a headshot weapon. And so I could mm-hmm. do if if I had range on enemies, I'd headshot him with that, then as they were getting closer I'd just my M four. And so it seemed like they had just entirely different purposes. Um, and I just had to use them as such, but there, there's a lot of interesting modifiers on the DPS, which is good and bad. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of seeing crazy numbers either. Um, but one thing that I did like about some of the weapons was, and again, this is going to sound like a really silly example, but there were a lot of modifiers on the weapons, which were really unique. So you have your obvious things like, you know, some weapons are going to be higher or lower damage, higher or lower fire rate, things like that. But I like the cool little modifiers like Borderlands, where mm-hmm. this this gun does this, this thing does, it gives you 10% extra headshot damage. Yeah. Or 30% extra reload speed, or 5% extra this or that. So there's a lot of really cool modifiers mm-hmm. that make it deeper than a lot of things like that. Now, they didn't have anything like wave bullets or anything like super crazy like Borderlands, but a lot of interesting modifiers. So yeah. that you have to think about, okay, with what loadout, which weapons are going to work well with what loadouts? And I, you know, like going back to the pistols about how they were so awesome. With the, a lot of the pistols they have do 30% extra damage when they're, or no, 100% extra damage when the enemy is below 30% health. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of damage. Yeah. It really makes you think about what weapons you want to use when. And yeah, you're and thinking I'm, about swapping mid mid yep. uh, um, firefight because you're like, oh, dude, these guys are below 30% health. Swap, you know, like. Yep. It it's definitely you, a, 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 it keeps you on you know keeps you on your toes and obviously when you when you start dealing with damage to DPS you know you're using obviously you're using those damage weapons at at a certain time and you're also you're going to be using your DPS weapons at a certain time so yep. you know I get that aspect of it but at the same token and the same time it's just like ah it's like you got you got one damage numbers but then you got DPS it's like I almost yeah. like I wish it was just you stick to one straight or the, other. the damage yeah it, do yeah. do something just hey we're going to do DPS or not but I get what they're going for. Because obviously every situation you're able to have something different, so you're gonna, yep. you know, everybody's gonna run something different. So I, I get that portion of it, which which is cool. And I did. I don't know if you guys noticed, but when you changed out your mag, did, did any of your guys' mags ever change, or did it always stay oh, the yeah. same? Yeah, yeah, I changed my mag. It actually, actually, like the, the look of it changed. Yeah, I never noticed any of mine. Every time I changed it, it was the same it, <laughs> old dumpy mag every with single the, time. With the Scar H, when I changed the mag, it didn't change. But with my Scar L, which was uh, the purple weapon I bought from the Dark Zone, which was freaking amazing. But um, when I switched the high-capacity mag on that, it actually changed to a thicker and longer magazine that went into the Scar. Okay. I, I so, didn't know. I was curious. Yeah, it definitely looked different. Um, I think for, the pistol I bought from the Dark Zone also changed mags when I uh, oh, swapped that out. Nice. Yeah, I never noticed that with the pistol either. That's cool. Hey, um. And then going off, going off to the next, the other two that I had, uh, did did console have an auto run? It did what not. Do you mean by auto run? Oh, it oh, did not. Like, like force your character to continue to run forward yes. even if you're not. So playing the PC version of it, th- this is my big thing. There's something uh, I don't know if you guys are even seen it, but there's uh, a game called Desert. Uh, I think it was a Desert Desert Online or whatever it was. Black and they Desert. have Black Desert. Boom. There we go. So Black Desert had this beautiful, beautiful thing, and it was. Hey, I'm just going to hit whatever key, and my guy is going to automatically run to that next objective that I'm after. So you can literally oh, really? just sit back with your hands behind your head and just and sit go there to and the chill objective. Out. And, and it goes to the objective. So now on the PC oh. version, I was super excited when I found out that X makes our guy auto run, 
and I don't have to touch anything. Granted, if he's coming up on a car, I obviously got to move him, but he just continues to auto run. And then what was awesome about that was the auto run does on both. It does the normal, like, you know, happy jog. And then if I just tap shift, he does his sprint and it stays in auto run. I thought that was phenomenal because, and that brings up to my next point of the traversing through the area. I, I absolutely I, I hope they do something because I thought it was absolutely boring. So the first part of it was like, yes, cool. It's awesome because you get to see this new scenery. It's beautiful. It's Manhattan. It's like, this is this is awesome because it hits close to home. This is something that I honestly, I think that could really happen in the near future or something along those lines. So it kind of, it kind of, you know, it, it brings it back in for you. But the traversing of just, you know, hey, we need to head over to here. I, I just, I was like, thank God that there's this auto run because I would be so annoyed just sitting here holding uh, you know, W heading towards wherever, and I'm just sitting there. So I hopefully, I hope that they add some more things as you traverse to make it entertaining. Maybe some more enemies along the way. Maybe some more building that you're like, hey, let's go in here and see what happens. You know, maybe Random we want to loot it or something. something. I don't know if that's what they're doing. Uh, maybe that's something that they're, they they kind of held back on. But I felt like traversing through it. Like I said, the first time it's going not through, enough to do. It's not enough. You know, you're just you're just wandering aimlessly to your next objective. You're like, all right, cool, we finally get it. So it's like. I don't know what they're what they're wanting to do if they're wanting to add more stuff, but I hope yeah. they do. So my but. my worry, and I agree with that worry very much because my worry is one: once you clear an area, it's clear you can't get loot again. Once yeah. you get the yeah. loot boxes, you can't clear an area once you clear it, except for the random guys that are like digging through dead bodies and stuff. But yeah. um, so that did worry me. I'm hoping what they take a note from is games like ESO and. Other MMOs that have done it, that's the biggest MMO I play, so that's the best example I can think of. But where you're going through and, like, random, just real random stuff will happen. Like, um, for uh, for Divi- in Division's case, it could be, you know, like, a looting group, looting a store or a house, or, um, or people, like, um, in trouble that are, you know, that are pinned down or whatever that's random. Because, yeah, it, it very much uh, was a... Uh, uneventful um city when you once yep. you did everything in that area yeah i'm guessing yeah. i'm guessing what if if that's the case i'm guessing kind of what that might be going for is that you know once you uh um they want to make it meaningful once you cleared an area yeah once you cleared an area you move on yeah exactly um, I have a I have a quick question for well I guess before I go to that um, one of my favorite games for that was Red Dead Redemption, um, you know there were so many open world events and I wish more games would do open world events, and if you wanted to say you're saving the city you could still have saved that section of the city and have an open world event, you know like uh, you know there could be an explosion in a house and you have to either choose to deal with it or ignore it or something so there could still be stuff. Like that, even even with the aspect of okay, I've saved the city; it's safe now. But there could always be new dangers that come. Um, but going back to the auto run, so if I'm understanding you correctly, not only would it just run forward, but it would actually like, like make turns and skip obstacles and or like jump over obstacles or things like that. Yeah, is that way, right? yeah. The way Black Desert works is you just whatever your next object, objective is, you hit your auto run button and it takes you right to it, and you don't got to do nothing. So essentially, I was like, you know what? I need to grab a pop real quick, and I'm just I hit the I hit the key, and off my dude goes, and I run in and grab a That's grab something awesome. to drink, and I come right back, and he's still running, and it's beautiful nice. when you when you're traversing through the you know through the city or through whatever you know area that you're in, what type of game, it makes it so enjoyable because you're like, oh, my thumbs don't 
are you know for consoles and controllers your thumbs are like oh my god my thumbs after because i gotta press and hold this for this for so long so i'm really shocked that you guys didn't have on the console side that the console side didn't have a auto run i didn't think that was just a pc thing so i was kind of I'm glad that they added it. It sucks that they didn't add that to the console side because I think that's something that needs to be added to these to these MMOs because it gets so old to sit and just hold, uh, you know, an analog stick forward or or your you know if you're on keyboard then you got to hold W for so long. I think that that gets old uh, yeah. when they don't add something like that. Well, Star Wars: The Old Republic did have an auto run, but it was just a straight direction. Yeah. And they had a follow feature where if you were playing in a group, you could set it to follow other players, and that would turn. But if there was ever an obstacle, it wouldn't jump for you. And so if you got stuck behind, like say, like a small rock or a ledge or something, you'd just get stuck. So that definitely would be a nice feature to have for more yep. games. And, and granted, like when uh, not to get off of the division, but when we when we played Black Desert, uh, your your guy would get in dumpy mode and he couldn't, you know figure out how to cross over this this fence or something stupid to get hung up on a corner because he took it too sharp or he didn't take it you know he didn't take it at the right angle and it's just like so you have to butt in real quick but um but it but it was nice it was a nice it was refreshing to see uh when i was like man i didn't know which to get it for i didn't know if i wanted to get it for a console for the xbox i didn't know if i wanted to play it for pc i was like well I'm doing going to go do PC, and then I was, honestly at the end of it, I was like, I'm glad I did because now that I see that the console didn't get that, that's something that's really big to me. Uh, playing these games, it kind of keeps me a little bit interested. So if say traversing through the area and there's nothing going on, at least I can, at least I can auto run through it. You know, like hell with it, I'll just auto run. So yeah, um, one other thing on customization is I am usually in most games, and I, I know Dan, you love customization, especially visual customization of of your character, of your car. I'm usually not, and one of the biggest reasons I'm not in games like this is because your gear is usually tied to, or your appearance is tied to your gear, and so you have to choose between either looking good or having good stats. Mm. And as you're leveling, I'd you know you you usually out level your gear so fast that I personally. I would like to look good, but I don't care because I want the better gear. And I know I'm going to out-level it soon, so I don't care how it looks. But with this game, those two things aren't tied together. You have your gear, which gives you stats, and you have your clothes, and they're completely separate. And so you could always be upgrading your gear and swap out how you look however you want to, and so you won't have to worry about that. And that's actually, I really, really like that about this. Yeah. I love it. I love the customization in the game. Yeah, and I mean, and plus each piece of gear that you change does does change the way you look too, along with your 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 set items, which are obviously your clothes, which is pretty cool. So it it, it makes for a nice feature. It makes for upgrading uh, not as painful. So you know, you're like, oh, I like the way this looked, but obviously these stats are better, so I'm gonna have to go with it. So you know, it's kind of nice. I don't think I ever saw. Um, it was it's uh, for those of you who didn't play, it's knee pads backpack, and uh, uh, chest armor that are your stat-based appearance items. Um, and I don't think I ever saw any of those that made me go, eh, it's ugly, but it has better stats. They all like worked with what I was wearing. And if it didn't work with what I was wearing at the time when I got it, I, could, I had something that worked with what I was wearing. And um, so I always looked cool in my mind, even though I was a chick and I thought I looked like a dude the whole time. Bug the crap out of me. <laughs> but um, like I, people would come in I had a group of friends came in for the first time to play and one of them, she was like, Oh dude, your, your dude looks so cool. And I got closer. I was like, I'm a dude. And she like, uh, she was like, looking. she's like, Oh, you're a chick. <laughs> like she, <laughs> she didn't even know that I, she couldn't even tell I was a woman. That's awesome. 
Um, and so I, I'm definitely that that right there made me decide I'm going to be a dude when I play the full game because they just did not make the uh, female um, representation very female. But um, but yeah, I I love the gear. I and games that have gear like that, like so much of it, and it actually affects the appearance and stuff. Like I just it's it reaches in another another root in my brain that just keeps me playing. For some reason I just love that kind of stuff. Well, you know, the the Dark Zone is, at least to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I know both uh, both of you have played a lot more variety of games than I have, but it seems like the Dark Zone is pretty much unlike anything I've ever seen in a game, especially a game like this. Um, is that I, a fair statement? Because uh, it's uh, pro-griefing? Yeah, is that what you mean? but here's, here's my... Yes, yes, I'd say it, it is different. Um, and this is why, you, you know, you go play games like... Um, all these survival games that are so big now, and you know, and you get into these PvP, um, you know, maps and these these levels, and everybody's obviously it's always it's always KOS every single time. It's kill on sight. I'm going to kill you, and if you don't, then you're the one that gets shafted. So what I found, at least from my during my playtime, what I found so interesting in the Dark Zone was the fact that no one wanted to kill, um, and and it goes because the moment that you do, you are such a target in that mm-hmm. area. And when, when, when I was playing, I went down to, I went on 179, I, I died in the dark zone. Um, and I went down from two, 257, I don't know, 200 something down to 179. I was like, my God, I was like, I just lost my ass out on that. So next thing you know, we go back in, there's a rogue agent. I shoot him. I didn't kill him. I went up to 257. So you're, I, I felt like they've done a really good job of that. They've really capitalized on if you do go rogue, the benefits are, are extremely high for both sides. It's for anybody that wants to engage you, you're going to come out on top or anybody that, or a rogue that wants to go, you know what, I just want to maul everybody down. Well, they're going to come out on top as well. So, but for my time playing, I thought it was awesome that there wasn't a lot of times that we were in there fighting each other because everybody's so scared to fight one another because you just don't know what the outcome can be. So you found uh, what something that we found uh, was that when we'd get in, there'd be a group, tons of people in there playing, and we'd be up garden, and then there'd be maybe one or two rogue clowns that come along, and they just got just wiped immediately. And then everybody else would go ahead and put their loot on the on the, uh, the rope, and everybody was happy. So that was my take on it. Yes, there were some times that we we went rogue just to try it out. I went rogue all the time uh, just to see how it would, you know pan out to see if we could get greedy. Um, and every time that we did it, and next thing you know, there was there was ten people on us, and we couldn't do nothing. So, yeah. For those of you who don't know, the the dark zone is the MMO portion of this game. Um, it's open world. It's there are other players. Uh, is is every NPC an enemy? I think that's the case. Yeah. That every yep. NPC is an enemy. Yeah. Um, and other players, you can either work together or kill each other. Um, but you can't just take loot. Uh, if you get loot from enemies, it's contaminated, and so you have to drop it onto a helicopter, a rope on a helicopter, and then they'll wash it for you. If you do it successfully, they'll wash it for you, and it'll be in your stash back at your base. Um, but when you call in a helicopter, there's, what, a uh, minute and a half? Yeah, you warning. Like, yeah, minute and 30. And everyone in yep. the area knows you called in a helicopter, and they know where it's coming, and so... One thing that bothers me is in the video, if you remember the original video for this, uh, they showed a team, and the the conversation was terrible in the official Ubisoft video. <laughs> yeah. It was just so fake. But at the end, they promoted team killing, 
The guy who had been working together with these people shot both of his allies in the back, stole their loot, put it on the rope. And and that can happen. Um, And so on the one hand, it's kind of a fun PvP area, but, you know, at the same time, you find this epic weapon and you could get it taken from you because you have to wait a minute and a half and just be a a sitting duck. But what what is... What I find when you know when that happens, like boom, hey, let's let's pop this flare. It is it shit's about to get real because I want this. I got this badass weapon. Let's get it to the chopper. I want it out of here. So then when you do it, I find myself super on edge because you just don't know what's going to happen. Yes, um, yeah. and that's something I found so much fun when you play these survival games. When you finally do get into a fight, because there is a lot at stake there, and it makes it exciting. And it makes you you know you're sweating. Your palms are sweating. You're like, oh my god, I'm just I just want this out of here. And the next thing you know, you're fighting off you know two or three people that decide to show up and they're like eh i want it too um something that was i was concerned about i don't know if you guys went witnessed this or ran into it was if you got it if you got the loot on the rope was you able to take it well you can't which i thought was awesome i was like thank you thank you thank you thank you because that'd been so terrible if someone could just run up take it yeah they put it on so or (laughs) they kill you afterwards so the moment that you got your loot on it you're golden you can run off and go wherever you want. So yeah. I, I did. I did like that they did that. Yeah, we were worried the first time we went in. We uh, we were worried that if you got killed after you planted the loot, that it that it would be null and void or whatever. So we were kind of like worried there for a little bit because somebody died after they put it on the rope, but then they still got the loot. So we were like, okay, good. But yeah. um, but I will say um for the dark zone, just from my perspective, because normally. I can get into like multiplayer games, but I'm very specific and picky with my multiplayer. And so my tastes are typically um, Battlefield and Rainbow Six. Like I love those two. Those are like my types of multiplayer games. And MMO PvP, typically I just can't get into survival PvP like in um, uh, H1Z1, just because I'm thinking about that one right now, but DayZ, I just thought oh, yeah, drove me rust, nuts. H1Z1, it's just yeah. because there's, you, there's so much at stake, and it's so easy for you to jump in, and that person, you know, you run across that person that already has everything, and they just kill you, yeah. just kill you. And then you're like, well, you shit, can lose. now I gotta start over. Yep, in DayZ, we lost probably about eight hours of work in just a second, yep. because somebody had a helicopter with a chain gun, now, and it was just going, like... And going back seriously? onto the dark zone... <laughs> something that kind of worries me a little bit. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but when you go into the dark zone, it's like, cool. Hey, dark zone, uh, one through seven. So it's like, eh, all right. I, I understand that that level of it, that's fine. But then there was the other dark zone level that you it was blocked out, but you were able to get into it. And it said eight to 16. That's a mm-hmm. big gap. So, you know, you essentially can go in there and at a level, you can easily ran in there, killed out a couple of the AIs or the NPCs. And they, maybe they just dropped a super badass weapon for you. And you ran up, extracted it you go to get it in your stash you're like hey guess what i'm coming back and now i have this badass weapon so i feel like because there's times we went across a group of four and i'll tell you what if you guys didn't run across a group of four it is it's a nightmare because if they want to go rogue it is so hard to do anything to them like it's so hard you have to have a team be able to maneuver in that dark zone but and they were just killing us, but I was shooting them, and I, I couldn't do no damage to these guys. Yep. And I'm like, I don't understand. Is it because their weapons and gear is that much better? So I hope they address that. I, I don't know if that's going to be a, a big issue when this launches on March 8th, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. Well, one of the yeah. things that I think I think this was partly because of the beta. The, the skills were limited in the beta, so almost everybody had a heal. And in a group like that, 
people were throwing down multiple heals. Yeah, and you're um, able to Q, or at least run, well, for me, I double tap Q and your, your heal grenade now healed you instantly. So, you know, that's, that is, I mean, that is very, that's very good, very good point. Yeah, um, I, in, the, in the full game, people will be spreading their skills out a little bit more, so they're, I mean, they're going to be more deadly, but also there probably won't be as many heals going around, I, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, or so you'd hope. From our experience, since we're talking about the Dark Zone, I might as well talk about it, because uh, it was pretty cool. We had, so we started out, the in at the um, the time we started playing, it was just me by myself. And I started texting some people, like, dude, Dark Zone, blah, blah. So we ended up getting a group of five of us going out together. Or was it, or four of us, sorry, not five of us, four of us, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, when yeah, I was four there, of us. there were four. Yep. And, but there was a random guy who was helping us. He he never yeah. fired once on us, and he was just tagging along with us. You know, we didn't kill him, and we we just helped each other out. But yeah, there were four yeah. of us in the group itself. Yeah, so we started out with four of us, and we decided um, that we instead of being jerks, we we're going to be the the police police of the server. So anytime any rogues show up, we we're going to hunt them down. That was our goal, and uh, it was really cool, and it was really fun, like deciding to play it that way. And we had some really cool like rivalries between squads and stuff happening. And like when we'd go in to drop off loot, the way that we would, uh, you know, like try to protect an area and stuff like that. It was really, it was a really fun way to play. Um, and we played for about six hours straight in the dark zone that night. And I had a blast. I never have fun in PVP games like that. But um, but I was loving it. And the, and the thing that I was going to point out about this was so at the start of it. I was uh, rank, I want to say seven or eight. I got up to twelve once we started hunting rogues, which, like what you said, you level up fast when you start doing that. So we started hunting rogues. I got up to level twelve, and then I was able to buy their purple scar, which at that time on the server is the best, best scar that was purple, other than the yellow one that you could buy at the other shop, which I couldn't afford. So I got this purple scar, and boom! Right away, I could see a turnaround in in my firefight. So I was starting to drop people. I, I would barely kill them, but I would always chew down their health. Where before, with my other weapon, it was just like a struggle doing any damage. And um, so I started having fun actually fighting at that point instead of just supporting other people that needed help. And um, But we would push them back. Like, I mean, it was a seesaw. We got a rivalry group where we kept running into them, and they'd keep running into us. And it was always like a back and forth. And, and I don't know about you, Dave, but I was just having a blast that night. Like... It was frustrating sometimes, and that, that's the other thing I was going to point out is while we were doing that, there was this one drop where a guy dropped four freaking blue items, and I already had two blue items, so I had nothing but my stash full of blue. And we were a block away from the drop-off point, and we got ambushed by a group of guys. It, I think it was more than four, so it was like a group, and one of them was invisible, and that's one of the things I was going to talk about too. And we just all got laid out, and I lost all the gear. I lost all my blue gear, and it was like, yes. that's the first time I got really annoyed because I just had nothing but blue, and I was so excited. And um, But uh, I ended up getting uh, two of the blue items back and then a green item um, because of, we ran back into that group again. But the one glitch that we kept running into that night was somebody was invisible in the rivalry group that we kept fighting, and so anytime we got into his area where he was invisible, he would just kill everybody. And it was just really annoying because you can't fight against it. Yeah, but, um, it's that, that god mode. The, you, they can shoot you, but normally when a person kills you, I mean, not only can you not see them or shoot them, but normally when a person kills you in the dark zone, it tells you who killed you. But when that yeah. happens, it, it just says you died. Yep. Like, you know, 
by the hand of God. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and, and there was yeah. a lot of ports of, of glitches and, and players yep. definitely exploiting things for sure. So and well, that's something PC especially. To be, yeah, apparently, apparently people were hacking PC. I I never read it because I'm not playing on PC. I guess it was something to do with uh, how the files were saved. I guess they were actually saved locally on your own machine. So it allowed players to, from what I brief little what I read was that they allowed them to go into those files and change however it is that they wanted, and they would run into it. Is is from what I think I gathered from that. I didn't read mm. too much into it um, because you're you're going to have cheaters, especially on PC when you go to that. You're going to have cheaters, yeah. and, and it's up to the game developers how bad you know that they want to fight it, and hopefully that you know Ubisoft really kind of it's like, hey, this ain't gonna this ain't gonna fly, and, and hopefully they kind of crack down on it, but. Yep. I guess that's that's to be to be seen. So that's um, uh, one thing I was gonna say is when you go into the dark zone, gotta change your mentality. From I'm gonna go get loot. I'm gonna get this mm-hmm. loot. It's gonna be awesome. too. I need to try to get the loot and I need to try to deliver it. And if you keep it there, it can be a fun experience. Although I mean, we did it for six hours straight, which I think is a is a testament to me of of um, how fun it can be when you have the right environment to have fun but but if you go in like our first experience the first night we went in uh there's a guy in our group that just got very angry and it kind of brought the mood down and so then it just wasn't a fun experience and it's you just can't have that attitude going in you have to be willing to realize that yeah this the the chances of me getting this loot is very low (laughs) so um yeah, it's it's one of those. I I absolutely agree. I I had a lot more fun with it than I thought I would, um, especially, especially considering that you know the, there is the potential for it to be a griever's paradise. Yeah. At oh, yeah. the same time, there are there are like like you were saying, uh, Fraser, there are systems in place to keep that in check. Um, they're not perfect, but if you people know, care. If if the invisibility god mode glitch hadn't been there, which I'm hoping they fix by the full game, you know. And I wouldn't. I would never design a PvP like that. But it's so unique, and it was fun. It was just different. Yep. It was fun. You could play it so many different ways. And so, yeah, I absolutely. I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Yep. One yep. of the coolest experiences too we had was at that department store I was talking about earlier. Um, we were like, well, let's go do a. Um, let's go do a. Uh, um, uh, crap! I can't think. Of what, oh, landmark. Let's go do a landmark real quick. And get out of the PvP section and see what the you know what the missioning is like in in the area because what they have is landmarks and in those landmarks there's a high concentration of um, enemies NPC enemies that are higher level but then they drop loot so if you can engage them you, you know you get that's where I got most of my loot actually was from this department store but anyway so we came in and another group started following us I think this is the one of the guys that Dave was talking about that was following us around most of the night. But it was like four of them. So we ended up with two groups converging on these NPCs, which I feel sorry for them because we owned them. But uh, And we all set up <laughs> in this upper area, and we all had like uh, Overwatch position on them and just lit them up. I mean, it was like, it was crazy how fast we took them down. And um, and it was just, it was a fun moment because it was all just a natural, just uh, emergent gameplay and situation where, um, where it just, it was just a fun experience and it happened with them. Nobody shot anybody. It was just a fun, a fun uh, little thing that happened in the dark zone. And it, we came away with loot and it was just, just a good time. 
So I, I am definitely excited for it now that I've I've got more hands on time. I didn't play it too much in the alpha, so I was pretty pretty happy. Yeah, with I wanted I just wanted to keep my gameplay down like very very minimal. I mean we we played it. Um, I think it was when did we start? I want to say it launched on Friday for the PC. So Xbox got it Thursday. So I think we played a little bit on Friday, and then we kind of went hit it, hit it a little harder on on Saturday. And then I honestly I think we played for maybe three hours, four hours, and then I cut it mm-hmm. off. And then I was like I I. I've had enough of it as in I've seen enough, you know, I yeah. didn't want to overdo it with myself because of, like I said earlier, I, I absolutely killed the sie- uh, siege because of that. I just couldn't play it no more. So too much Hereford. <laughs> yeah. Her- Hereford, Hereford killed me on that. So, but um, <laughs> yeah. the one thing that I would definitely put on is that I, I find that you find, I don't know if you, your guys' experience, but I found it was, uh, I found, I came across more people willing to help you than to actually take you for what you had. Because yeah. that's the other thing that's kind of cool. Even though it shows it's what you you have that little contamination bag on you on your back, but mm. it doesn't show you what you're holding. So it might yep. not be that you know relevant. And and they cap you, so you can't hold everything anyways. Yeah. So and I think that's another way for them to, you know, you take games like H1Z1 and Rust and all these, and you're able to carry a lot of stuff majority of the yeah. time. And this, I think you're only cap- you're capped at what maybe seven items. I think six items. Yep, six. six items. So yeah. yeah, so that's that's awesome. See, so that really eliminates, well, and, eliminates and, and, that. And just to clarify for people who haven't played it, you don't lose everything in your inventory. You just lose the dark zone items. Unless you're rogue. Yep. I lost everything in my inventory every time I went rogue. Wait, wait, wait. Like Ro- including your guns, your like, guns and stuff. I didn't. No, like that. anything that was in my yellow pack was gone. No, no, no. I'm talking about what I'm talking about is you, you lose your dark zone inventory. Yeah. So anything yes. you get, oh, okay. anything you picked up in so the you're dark talking zone, about you just lose. what you own already. You don't lose yes. anything. Yes, correct. Okay, yeah, sorry, yeah. I misunderstood. Yeah. 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 Once, once you put items on the the, the that rope. And once they're yours, they're yours forever. It's just you know you can only lose the dark zone items, mm-hmm. which which I think makes it. If you could lose everything, then I would never play the dark zone. Yeah, you'd be scared to um, even go in it because yeah. then and at that point you would get more KO, KOS immediately because people would just be after whatever they could get a hold of and they'd be out. So yeah, yeah, it would suck if that was the case. Yeah, um, it does show the thing that has me excited because mmos and games like this always launch with problems there's always balances especially at the beginning um but the thing that i like is that they did show some thought behind some of their systems in the dark zone like the like putting a cap on loot that you can carry and um having different different uh consequences from being a normal player to a rogue player and stuff like that um but some of the improvements I want, I'm not sure they're improvements that the developer is looking for, but I think the Dark Zone would be a much better place and kind of what they're more looking for designing. Because, because I, and I've talked to, about this before in a lot of multiplayer games, players will always try to cheat the system and play the game to win, not the way it was designed to play. So, um, so... When a developer creates an experience, when they create it, they probably have this certain experience in mind. You know, like, I can't think of a really good example right now, but but um, they probably have this experience in mind when they create this game mode. Um, uh, GTA has a lot of modes, actually, that I could use an example. But um, So GTA has uh, these new VIP modes that are really fun, where they're open-world missions and stuff like that. 
and I'm sure that they have like an idea in mind of how people will play them, but obviously it's just going to like what you're saying earlier, Fraser, where people are just going to go for the easiest kill to get what they want from the rewards. And so in the dark zone, I feel like by camping the extraction zones, most people are going to get the same reward without doing any of the work. So me and my group will go out and do the, the questing um, in the dark zone, get these loot loots, loot containers and stuff, go to the extraction, and then get gunned down in a couple seconds of gunfire because somebody's camping the, the extraction, which happened multiple times when we did it. Um, and to me, that just that defeats the purpose. I, if I was a developer, that would bug the crap out of me that people were playing that way personally because it's just to me that just doesn't no that's not how it's meant to be played so i think one of the things they could do to make it better is have the extraction points instead of being free um free areas to fight they are a safe zone and then the fight can be around the extraction so then there's multiple ways in to keep people on their feet so they have to keep moving they can't just camp one spot and i think that would liven up the uh so you might uh, have to fight your way into the into the safe zone, but once you're there, you're there. You're there, yep, exactly. And so there's still the PvP element, it still matters, but you ha- at least have a safe zone once you're in there instead of just, just being that would, camped. Just that'd be a great zone. idea. I just think that the counter for that would be that, well, they're going to camp it, and it's an MMO, that means I got some life. Unless there's just a mobs of people, I'm just going to sprint to that extraction zone, and and that's it. Like I don't know if you'd be able to mow that person down quick enough, depending, give or take, you know how the game actually is. But it'd be kind right. of hard. It'd be kind of hard to do because of because of that aspect of it. But yeah, uh, I mean, I, we honestly we only came across one rogue group. That's the group that just kept murdering us, and we're like, ugh, that's that's just like you just can't do nothing because they swarm you. But honestly, being on the PC side of it, I was completely. Uh, amazed of how many people were just like, hey, what's up? Like, it's just so many yeah. people just hanging out, and they're just, everybody was helping each other just get to stuff. Granted, you have, that, you have that one or two clown that would come along and try to, you know, start something, but yeah. they just get whacked. I'm guessing the PC mentality is different from the console mentality. I would well, say... You would think that the PC would be worse due to all the survival games that, I mean, all, I mean, you think of all the survival games that are actually on PC and just Steam alone is amazing. It's uh, it, yeah. it's ridiculous how many there are and it's always KOS on all those games you take Rust, H1Z1, uh, DayZ yeah. uh, the new one that's out now Hurt World, it's always KOS for these for these games so it's it's kind of a nice change of pace so yeah I'll be interested to see how it plays out with with uh, all the skills and the, the teams and yeah all the balancing that they'll hopefully hopefully do but I definitely see, because the the dark zone right now, the dark zone is the end game. That's where they're they are wanting to keep the people coming back for more. It's through the dark zone until they add raids. Um, yeah. But uh, so they need to balance it, and so I'm I'm hoping that that we see that. But um, like I was explaining to somebody else, uh, for me, the value in these games is a little bit different than a lot of people that get into the PvP side of things. Um, so with the co-op alone, from what I've seen, I think for me, I'm going to get enough gameplay from just the co-oping that for me, that's, that's enough. If I never touch the game after I'm done with the co-op side of it, then I'll feel like I got what I wanted and the hype was deserved for what I was looking for in the game. But the dark zone is a, is a pleasant surprise. And I definitely plan on playing the dark zone more than I 
than I did uh, before the beta. The beta definitely sold me on it. Yeah, you know, for me, I feel pretty similarly. Um, the alpha and the beta showed me enough that I, I'm definitely buying this game. I hope. You know, the ball is in their court for how much content they're going to add that could keep us coming back. But it looked good enough that, you know, if I play through the campaign once and then I finish it, if I'm playing with friends, that, that's good enough for me to feel like I'm getting my money out of it, at least based on what we saw. Now, granted, they could give us crap for a game after this, but it, if, if this is indicative of what the final game is going to be, uh, it's going to be enough. But I really do hope that they continue to support this game because GTA Online is an example. We always go back to that because there's always yep. new content and it always keeps us doing fun new things together. Yep. And this is this is a game, The Division is a game where... If they do it right, they can keep people coming back for years for this game. Yep. Ubisoft, though, and this is my worry, Ubisoft is so bad. They have such a bad track record at DLC being meaningful. Mm-hmm. So they'll, put out, they'll put out DLC just to say that they have it out there, but it's like short, it's bare bones. They reset your character almost every time Ubisoft resets your characters on their DLCs, and it's just um, it's just annoying. I get really annoyed with Ubisoft on their download content, but because this is a MMO type game, I'm hoping that and the hype behind it that they realize, okay, we got to actually bring our game, and so that we see, you know, like uh, if I understood the the underground DLC is kind of like when they're going to add raids to the game. So I'm hoping there is- that. There is some video of that. Um, uh, I hate to rep IGN, but IGN has some video of Underground. They also have some video of some of the new upgrades. The auto turret looks freaking sweet. Mm. Um, so mm. yeah, the Underground definitely looks cool. So I would I would recommend watching some of that. Um, um. And yeah, the Underground looks like the best DLC. Well, Brooklyn's free. The Underground is paid, but then it's part of the season pass. But the other two things that are on the season pass list sound like horde mode type stuff and that does not interest me mm. um so i that's I way too gonna, easy yeah i Go was ahead. going to get the season pass i'm probably not going to get it now um i'll probably buy the underground dlc when that comes out but until probably, we yeah. until we hear more i don't think i'm going to buy the other two i'll probably just wait to see how the game pans out itself as a as a whole um and not take you know the the season pass into a thought just due to it being you know what thirty dollars and it's just like we, you don't know what you're really getting into you know what how the how the end game really is is the end game even going to worth for you to you know drop that thirty dollars uh and now you're at a ninety dollar price range on a game that you don't know necessarily other than what, what you've played is it going to live up to how the end is going to be is it going to be enough yeah. to you know hey do i need to spend this 30 and then come back or or ha- what have you um so you yeah. might get you know you dump ninety dollars into this and you're like ugh. I'm not really digging this in game, so there's no reason for me to even have this thirty dollars season pass. So I'm waiting. Oh. I bought the. I've already bought the game. I, I bought it on Steam. I'm just going to wait to see how I play this game and see how much I can continue to go back to it. So yeah. um, I I uh, love ESO. They've made so many improvements, and one of the biggest improvements they've made the last year is their end game. It is now it's just phenomenal, and um, that so they. So Division has a lot to live up to for that for me, but I realized at the same time that for ESO, it took almost a year for them to get all their um, ducks in a row, and so Division to get that endgame so good, and um, 
So Division, I'm going to give them time for that, but they definitely need to show that they are making that effort um, through keeping us informed. I hate it when developers don't keep us informed once a game launches and they know that there's issues. They need to keep us informed. They need to listen to and see what people are doing and how they're playing and the problems that are going to be there because there are going to be issues. And um, and I'll be I'll be happy. I'll you know. I'm just. I, I'm I think I think excited. they're going in the right direction. I you know they got Ubisoft. I think has really stepped up their their you know just just stepping it up as a whole as a company and going into these game devs. I mean they got the Wasteland coming. Or is it is it the Wasteland? <sighs> Uh, Which, Wildlands. Wildlands. Oh my gosh. So they got Wildlands coming. I believe it's you know, using the same engine as exactly. uh, Division I, I think too. They're, they're going in, they, they got the right step in the right direction. Um, but now they just got to really, you know, sell it and, and just kind of really, you know, put that effort to it. And I think that, I hope that the Division is is that step in the right direction for them because they're obviously, they're, they've been one of my favorite companies, uh, especially yep. game-wise, for a while. And I just, they always have the right ideas. They have the right uh, the right era, they have the right everything with it, and it just they just always seem to fall short. And I ne- I never understood <laughs> they do. that. It's, it's like so barely, funny. just in one way, yeah. And one of the things is their support for games is always terrible. Yep. And, and well, that and their showcase for games is phenomenal. So I think that's what it is: is that they 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 have such a strong and phenomenal showcase of of whatever game that they're doing. You know, you take the division. Uh, back in E3 when they showed oh, it, and you're like, yeah. "Holy hell, what is this?" And everyone it was just on it immediately. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. the downgrade starts coming out, and everybody's talking about how this they're they're downgrading that, downgrading this. It's not going to play the way it sh- you know it showed. Yada yada yada. You take Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs was phenomenal, and then you get into Watch Dogs and you play it. And it's like, wow, this is kind of bland after a few things of it. So um, they they always put the right pieces in the right place. It's just that they never follow through with it, and it's it's okay. kind of disappointing. Oh, that's what I was going to ask you. Okay, so in the Xbox One version, destruction was nowhere to be seen. Did they have destruction on the PC version? Destruction like destructible environment. Because um, I know I remember on a dev diary they're showing, um, like the rooftop, uh, the lip or whatever. The half wall at the top of the rooftop could be chewed apart, like the bricks and stuff, and then like the ba- the billboard sign could be blown apart and stuff like that. But then I've never seen anything since then. You no, know, honestly, I don't. I mean, on the PC side of it, I, I maxed out everything I possibly could um, that that it would allow me. Was it beautiful? Uh, and it really was. I did take some screenshots. I've been. I, I was right before we started this. I wanted I was trying to get them up, and then uh, Windows 10 decides to say that I can't do it. So I wanted to figure that out after this. So I can send those to you guys, but I did take some some awesome screenshots. But as for destruction, I don't I don't know. Uh, I mean, we sat there and shot up a, a car, and that looked good. Um, mm-hmm. The glass, the windows, the glass, and the glass and, looks really yeah, good. Yeah, it does look good. But as for you know, blowing things up and seeing that kind of destruction, I didn't I didn't see that. So I don't know if that's maybe I just wasn't paying attention. But I felt like if that was if there's some sort of destruction, I would have seen that uh, clear as day. Well, so. well, you, may, you might have, you might not. And the reason there was destruction on the Xbox One. Was there? Well, it wasn't building destruction. I, I didn't try shooting buildings, but Santa Claus. You remember me shooting Santa Claus in the Alpha, and I shot him in the Beta. Um, they have throughout town. There's some. It, it, it takes place around Christmas time, so you have some Santa plywood little things put up. Mm-hmm. And you could shoot them and destroy them, but it takes like two or three clips to mm. take through. Like it's, I'd I say do like remember that now. Twenty or thirty bullets to like shoot his arm off, another twenty or thirty to shoot his head off, and it's just plywood. 
Um, it, the destru- I don't know if the destruction was there for buildings or not, but you could shoot through center. But, uh, but it was so many bullets yeah. for something that's plywood that if they did that kind of destruction on building, uh, I mean, realistically, yeah, it, it could you, you would never see it. Yeah, it wasn't there. a full building either. Like, I didn't expect that. It's just like the very – you know how like the top of rooftops, like there's like a three-foot yeah, wall? Yeah. It was just like that section of the wall they could sh- when they were shooting at him, like the bricks were like bouncing off the wall and um breaking apart and stuff. And then he shot the the drone. This was back when they were gonna have the drone for your smartphone yeah, and devices. Yeah. Um they, they he fired a missile. That, they? Yeah, they did. So yeah, that's why I'm wondering if they did away with like the the destruction too, because they shot a missile at the billboard and the billboard blew up really yeah, that's right. really nicely. And um so I just I never I never noticed it in on the Xbox version. So I was like, I wonder if that's just like a PC thing because I know that there's always features that stay around on PC that don't go on console. But. Yeah, I, I didn't I, I didn't see that. Um, and, and just a real quick note on on some of that, you know, going through the the graphic settings and I, you know, like I said, I tried to ramp it up as much as it would allow me. And something I really wanted to test out was the whole UI system. Uh, so if mm. you're doing a, a dual like triple, yeah, you do a dual triple monitor setup, you're able to take your entire UI and everything and just throw it on your other screen. <sighs> so smart. Which Love I that. thought that was so awesome. I was so excited. So I was like, cool, that's the first thing I'm doing. I get in it. And it was, it was, it was it's like, not active. So I was like, no, I'm so excited. And I didn't even get it. I didn't even get to see yeah. it. Yeah. When I so, read that, I was like, dude, every, every game needs to have a customizable yep. UI like that. I just, yeah, I was really they, hoping the Xbox they really would have a little throwing, bit. They are throwing out everything. It's like, hey, you you guys can do this and that, and that's that's how it's going to be. So I, I I'm glad that they're giving you know people the options to do, you know, however it is that they want to run it. I mean, if they want all their mm-hmm. stuff on one screen, then awesome. If you don't yep. want to play that, you want to play the you know the norm, and play the norm. So yep. at least give the player the options to be able to do things. And Star Wars, the choice. Yes, when Star Wars did that, that changed a lot of my tactics for combat because of how I could move the the UI around and it just, um, and then Dave showed me his UI and I was like, Oh my gosh, that's even better. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I designed it around that and it's just, it changes. It it can change a game like your enjoyment level of it because it's not so clunky and spread yeah. out and stuff. And you have everything where you like to look on the screen and Oh yeah. I just, when I saw that, I was like, Oh, that'd be so nice. If it was on Xbox. Yeah, still with Star Wars especially because you had your two toolbars on the bottom, then you had your other two bars were on the sides of the screen. Mm-hmm. And so if you think if you have like a 17-inch, 27-inch, 42-inch screen that you're using and you have to scroll, like move your mouse from literally the, the left edge of your screen to the right edge of your screen to the bottom of your screen to be clicking skills, no, no. Yeah. You, you got to be able to change that up. Yep. Yeah, so I I think that's awesome on their part. That and that's like there's a lot of things that they're doing in Division that is I mean they are really putting some thought behind it. And I'd really like to know like the pedigree behind um Massive, like who's there and like what else they've worked on because there is a lot of dec- decisions there that a lot of MMOs take a year to get to for features, you know. Where um where division is launching with a lot of these features right out of the gate. So. Yeah. Yep. I just well, it's hard to do... say how much is massive and how much is other because um there are like Ubisoft brought in multiple studios ah, to work on this, and yeah. massive is the main one, but they, they kept bringing in more and more studios as time went on. Yeah. Yep. I just hope they don't fall into the trap of let's get behind this paywall and we'll we'll 
cut things out of that game and then we're going to throw that for a DLC for everybody to buy if you want to continue to play it. So Yeah, are they going to have any microtransactions or anything? Like I, I don't just, think I'm s- assuming they are, but I just haven't seen anything if they are. I haven't heard nor sure. have I read anything that they're talked about microtransactions. So hopefully hopefully they don't do it and if it is it's just cosmetics, which I'm always I'm totally fine with if you yeah. want to charge microtransactions for that. But don't don't cut a piece well, out of the game, and they're like, "Well, we'll yeah. hold this off, and then we'll put that as a DLC content." Well, uh, yes, and yes, and no for this. I'm they they are holding off Brooklyn, but Brooklyn is supposed to be free yeah. once it does come out. So I think which that's great. If you can't yeah. finish a game on time and on schedule, don't Do that. release a crappy product. Mm-hmm. If you have to cut part of it out, that's fine, but make it free later. Yep. I'm perfectly okay with that, but then you know, given that they showed Brooklyn earlier, if they were charging for Brooklyn, I would have a massive problem with that. But they're yeah. not, so. Yep. GTA has shown every developer in the world, every publisher in the world, how to handle a online microtransaction system because um, they did it perfect. I mean, people can pay money if they want. Yes, there's a grind, but. I mean, me and Dave and my brother, we work on GTA every every couple of weeks. We'll go in and we'll earn easily over a million dollars just working on throughout a day, um, doing missions and different activities. And you have to work at it, but you're still making enough money to buy things in the game that you want. And but like if five luxury properties in a yacht, which you yeah. don't need, but you can buy but it's them fun if you to want have, to. Yeah. And forty cars, but um, or now fifty, but uh, but you can. But if you have the money, you can buy the money and then buy the stuff in the game and no harm, no foul. Like, uh, it, it's it's great. I think that that's a good way of doing it. Give people the option. And it's doing very well for a rock star because they make, I just read a thing the other day, every quarter since GTA Online has released, they've made over, they, they didn't have specific numbers because they haven't told them yet, but... They've made over made over uh, two hundred and fifty million per quarter off of GTA GTA Online alone since mm-hmm. its launch. Well, that is insane. The, the, the insane. thing is, the, the thing about that, which you talked about in your article in on agentsofgame.com, link. <laughs> um, you mentioned in your article that th- there's no paywalls for any of the actual gameplay content. And when you do that for a game, when you make DLC that's paid, and so only certain segments of the population can play that map pack or those missions, you split your audience, and that yep. kills a game. Yep, big and, time. And GTA has not done that with any of their actual gameplay content. Yes, for some of the luxury items like the yacht, which is completely unnecessary for the gameplay... But there is no gameplay in that game that is paid other than you know, once you own the game, you have it all. Yep. Yeah, I hope I hope more publishers and developers... Actually, I should say publishers. Developers have no decision-making on that, I don't think. But Also why they've sold 60 million copies of GTA. Exactly. Also. Insane. I mean, it's just... That's what I mean. Like, they have set the example, and more publishers just need to go, okay, this is, this is the way to do it. Right here, boom. You know, and... Because um, trying... Cause Gamers aren't fools. We know when you're trying to nickel and dime us, and we also know when you're legitimately just being a business. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a business in this industry. It's That's fine. Everybody wants to make money. Everybody wants to get paid for their work. That's totally fine, but don't make us, you know, pay for something that, yeah, shouldn't, shouldn't be uh, paid for in the first place. Agreed. 
And to answer your previous question, uh, Massive, now again, there are other studios involved in uh, The Division, but Massive made Ground Control, Ground Control Dark <gasps> Conspiracy, Ground they Control did? 2, World in Conflict, World in Conflict Soviet Assault, Assassin's Creed Revelations, uh, Far Cry 3, Just Dance Now, and then The Division. Dude, that list yeah. right there is some of my favorite games. Ground Control was amazing, RTS back in the day. Oh my gosh. Then World in Conflict, amazing. Hmm. Dude, dang. That's some good. Far Cry 3, great. That is some good pedigree. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Good to know. That is cool. But, oh, go ahead. Um, so anyway, yeah, I don't know if you guys have a whole lot else to say, but I would say this game is absolutely worth the purchase. Um, I, I am not willing to go as far as to say that the um, uh, season pass is worth a purchase yet. If, if you like uh, horde modes, maybe, but I'm going to say that the base game itself looks to be absolutely worth a purchase is my recommendation. Yep, I agree. I, I I don't know if you necessarily want to go balls deep in, you know, getting all of it. I mean, hey, if you want to be that you know, that big support and you're like, you know what, it doesn't matter. This is this is you know, everything that I want in a game. Then by all means, you can go for it. Um, but I, I would just wish I try to encourage more people to just hold off on the season pass and get that down the road. And, and that's something that you because essentially what you're doing is is you're throwing more money to them and then it lets them not produce what they should be producing to you in the first place. So. I feel like if you like the game, you're going to throw that money at them anyways. But say if you, you go ahead and give them the 90 or 100, whatever it is, and you don't like the game, you just wasted that money. And you're not getting it back. So Because you're, you're damn sure not going to get it back at GameStop. So Yeah. My, my thought on that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I am definitely... Uh... Definitely excited for Division. I, like I said, I the ESO is my pedestal. I know, I know as far as overall the landscape, ESO um, isn't like a, a a totem pole MMO. Maybe it is now with all the improvements. I don't know. I haven't been there since it came out on Xbox on the PC landscape. But um, but that's the bar I'm I'm using as judgment for these MMOs now. And I'm hoping Division is just another type of gameplay, but with the same quality that ESO has given me. Pretty excited for Division. Yeah, I was definitely scared if my my excitement level went down, uh, just due to like I said, like you see videos and videos don't do it justice. What you see these videos is like, man, all these guys are bullet sponges and all this. And and honestly, I think after the after the end of the day, after I got done playing Division, I kind of sat back and was like, why why does it feel like that? Why does it not feel right? And I think it's because I think the biggest reason is due to the fact that we're so used to playing these MMOs of non-human characters. Um, and then when you put human characters in it, you're used mm. to these one or two shots in their dead type stuff. Um, yeah. So when you put it into an MMO world and you just see numbers ticking off of a human, you're just like, what the hell? Like, this just doesn't make sense to you. So I think yeah. that's a lot where it feels different and odd. It, it, it's not normal is because mm. of that reason is because it's, you're actually shooting up humans that are just bullet sponges, which obviously we know is not a case where that wouldn't happen. But then you got to, there's a fine line of being that realistic, but yet still being a game. Yeah. Especially in a Tom Clancy game, which are yep. usually yep. hyper realistic. Yep. You expect that if you get a headshot, it's a kill. Well, um, yep. 
So it does feel different in this, but I, I think it works for what the game is. Yep, I agree. And I, like I said, if you watch videos of it, videos don't do Division justice whatsoever. It yeah. gives you that. Plain as, is. It, it shows you what you want to see, but the gameplay of it feels completely different to when you actually are playing it. It feels so good. Like, um, the gunplay just feels really good. I, I like the way they feel when you fire. I like they have just enough recoil that you need to be controlled with it. And um, they look good. Like, I just... Altogether, the cover system, I love the cover system. Uh, their controls. I mean, every, yeah, I just... I, I a lot of stuff I really the, like. The cover system, I am glad they added that. Hey, let me look up to this next wall, and I'll just, uh, you know, obviously for probably Xbox, it's probably hold A, and yeah, probably takes you to it. But you know, from PC, it's like, hey, I'm gonna look at this next, this little concrete wall, and I'm gonna hold space, and he actually runs and sprints himself to that, and then gets in cover. I thought that was kind of cool. It makes things a little bit simpler to get in and out of cover. Uh, but sometimes I felt like I was, I got hung up on walls, and I just couldn't get off of it at times, depending on how the combat was or what I was getting into. Yeah, that's actually like one of the things I was thinking about. I I do like the cover system in the game, but it's it for me, it felt hard to get off walls. Like if yeah, I saw a grenade yeah. icon next to me, it felt hard to get off the wall. Now, having yeah. said that, I've never really played a game where the cover cover system worked the way I thought I would. It, where I thought it would, and I had to learn how to use it. So this may be the same way, but yeah, cover system I liked, but when I was stuck on a wall, I felt like I was stuck on a if, wall, and it took me too long to get off of it. If you're on the wall, and you double tap A, and you probably already knew you rolled, but if you double tap A, you'll auto-cover on anything that you go towards. So, um, so like, if I was on a wall, and there's, like, a, let's say a chest over, or a tool, whatever... <laughs> Yeah, think of what they're called. But a tool chest over there to the right, I would double tap A, and my guy would automatically lurch to the tool chest to get cover on that side of it. Um, also, I turned off the setting so that um, uh, I changed the setting so that my guy would not uh, auto turn corners, and he would not auto pull off cover with movement. So I had to tap A to move off of cover. And for me, that helped actually a lot with the because I felt really sticky on cover until that point, and then I had more control of it, and I and I actually liked it better at that point. But double tapping A was always on cover was always the best way to get away from cover. I uh, felt like. Then the my last thing is uh, I, I thought was odd is that there's no crouch. I, I felt kind of yeah. disappointed. I was like, because you always Especially were in a if position. You're a sniper. Yeah, I was always in a position. I was like, man, I just really want to crouch up to this, and there wasn't a crouch button. And I'm, I'm so baffled and dumbfounded is why would you not it's a tactical type of shooter and there's no crouch button i get that you don't want to add a prone button i'm, I'm all right with that you, you know no proning I'm, I'm completely fine with but no crouching when there is a cover system is kind of kind of weird yeah because so, you don't hold and you're tired no, and your back is stiff <laughs> yeah yep. and there's no stealth yeah because of that there's no real stealth option either a manual stealth option. So your guy, you can't like sneak into an area. You have to go into cover or um, low cover to get the crouch going. So yep, that is weird. Yeah, interesting decision on their part. Yep. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening in, and uh, Fraser, thanks for joining us. Happy no to have problem. you here. Outstanding. Yay, Dan, new voice. As always, it's been a pleasure having you here. Mostly. Yeah. <laughs> a tidbit. <laughs> Uh, thanks, everybody, and have a good one. Bye.